Hello everyone, this is the Connected Family Podcast, episode number 39. This podcast is produced by Connections Family Counseling, LLC, a group counseling practice located in Quincy, Illinois that helps build resilient kids, strong marriages, and connected families. My name is Mark Vanderlei and I'm your host. Today's episode is all about parents you have lost control, part two. This is the second episode in a three episode series all about the balance of control that occurs in the parent-child relationship. Thank you so much for listening again. You know, if you would, we would love it if you'd go over to iTunes and give us a rating and leave a comment if you find this episode helpful and interesting. When we get comments and ratings, it helps other people to be able to find this podcast, which allows them to learn and grow as a parent as well. Please listen now to episode number 39 of the Connected Family Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Connected Family Podcast. We're starting today with episode number two in a three-part series related to control. These episodes are entitled, Parents, You Have Lost Control, and this is part number two. Today we're talking all about the difference between being in control versus controlling. In episode number one of this series, we spoke about how really, parents, we just are not in control anymore. It comes to a point, and I've spoken to many, many parents about this, where aside from physically picking up our children and making them do something, which is not advisable, we really are not in control of them and we cannot make them do anything. And so there comes a point, oh, I would say about four or five years of age when children begin to realize this and the tables begin to turn and we as parents have to figure out what am I going to do with this idea of control in relationship with my child. I can I can hammer down, I can really clamp down and seek and work even harder and harder to control my child, or I can do what I believe is most advisable, which is to give as much control as possible over to my children in a graduated, graduated way, gradually over the course of time, as is age appropriate. And that is really about what episode number two is all about in this series, is how do we give age-appropriate control over to our children, so much control, much more control than we desire to, so much so that by the time they are teenagers and adults, they're used to having decision-making power over their life, and it's nothing new. It's something they've been doing for a very, very long time. I've had many discussions with parents that center around this issue of control, and the surprising part about it, which you may have already gathered, is that I tend to emphasize giving up control rather than maintaining control. It seems to me, and I've actually had a number of people that I've listened to as sort of mentors in my parenting life um, say this to me, is that parenting is really a lifelong exercise in gradually giving over more and more control to our very precious children. The process can be very scary, even painful for parents, especially when it becomes when we figure out that we have done it either too quickly or too slowly. If we give over control too quickly, meaning we give too much control at a um, younger age than is appropriate, we tend to run into toddlers, elementary age children, 
who are sort of running the house and are out of control and very difficult for parents to manage and understand and um, have a positive relationship with. Or if we give over control too slowly, then we tend to have rebellious teenagers who have not don't have enough control in their life, feel like they're being stifled by their parents and rebel against a sense of being controlled. And so our goal as parents is to give over just the right amount of control at just the right time. So the challenge with this idea of control, however, is when to do it. If we give up too much control, then how will the child learn what is right? Or won't they end up being a wild child who is continually in trouble? It is tempting for some of us to believe that gradually giving control over to our children will result in ineffective or poor behavior. The truth, however, is that giving age-appropriate control to our children is actually in their best interest. And giving more control to your child as they mature will help them to develop a confident internal compass from which they can make better decisions later on in life on their own. So one of the first steps and things we need to think about in this discussion is to make the distinction between being in control and being controlling. So Chris Mercogliano, in his book, In Defense of Childhood, Protecting Kids' Inner Wildness, describes in control as establishing age-appropriate limits while at the same time supporting children's growing sense of autonomy by allowing them to make choices and learn from their mistakes. That's a quote from page nine of the book. And basically, when I think about this, I think of a balance between structure and nurture. So there's structure, there's age-appropriate limits, but also that's in the context of respect for this child's growing sense of autonomy. They're able to wander off on the playground and explore the playground and then come back to you to check in and be sure that everything's okay. Or you're you know, observing them, paying attention to them in order to provide the structure and safety that they need as they go out and explore within the limits that you have set. Being in control, according to Mirko Gliano, is setting very clear limits for children and enforcing those limits consistently. However, if a behavior, however, if a child is moving within those limits, he's free to be in control of his decisions and behavior. So it's like we've set up a fence around our children. And as long as they're operating inside that fence and there's all sorts of variety of wonderful things to do in that fence, then they're all good. They have the opportunity to choose where they are going inside those limits. When they bump into the limits or even cross over the limits, that's when the parent takes action to enforce those limits. The approach of the in-control parent allows children to practice making choices that meet their needs or desires, but provides appropriate limits to that freedom. They don't get to do whatever they want all in the entire world. They have control and decision-making ability inside those um, very clearly defined limits set by the parent. Alternatively, Mirko Gliano describes controlling as placing high value on obedience, shepherding children towards specific outcomes, and discouraging verbal give and take. That is also from page nine of the book. A controlling parent is not only setting limits, but is active within those limits, making choices and decisions for a child that he or she could have easily made on his own. A controlling parent who is focused 
towards specific towards specific outcomes, has his own ideas for the child and is out to make them happen. So the child has clearly set, or sorry, the parent has clearly set up the fence or the limitations in which the child is supposed to operate. However, the controlling parent also has very specified outcomes that they desire for the child and attempts with all their might to steer the child towards those specified outcomes. And that feels very controlling to the child. Um, A controlling parent who has these specified outcomes, as I said, um, has their own ideas for the child and really seeks to make them happen. This parent does not consider the child's desires, interests, or skills, and instead this parent is focused on meeting his or her own needs. Those are tough things to hear. So the key to gradually giving age-appropriate control to our children, which is given in the form of choices, Um, For example, you may ask your young child, would you like to wear shorts or blue jeans today? Or would you like to drink milk or water? Or do you want to read books or play outside? All of these choices are opportunities for parents to give control over the moments of their lives without allowing the child to be in control of the household. We have all been there, seen the three-year-old who is clearly in control of the parent-child relationship. Instead of being given choices by the parent, the child is dictating the agenda for the entire household. Giving a young child too much control is not only unhealthy, but it is also harmful for future development. On the other hand, giving age-appropriate choices to our children boosts their healthy development. The most important aspect to remember when offering choices to your child is that you must be comfortable with all the choices given. As a parent, you have to be willing to follow through on your child's choice. So offer those choices very carefully. So you can't offer two choices and one of them be undesirable for you. And when the child chooses it, say, oh, no, never mind. If you're going to give choices, you have to be willing to follow through on both of them. For example, giving a three-year-old the choice between riding his tricycle in the driveway and riding his tricycle around the block unsupervised is probably not wise because really you're not going to be willing to allow them to ride around unsupervised. Once you begin to offer choices to your child, it becomes second nature. You will begin to see everything as a choice and will learn how to phrase things as opportunities for choices rather than commands. And then over the course of the child's development, they would have thousands, maybe millions of opportunities to make decisions. So the question becomes, what good does offering all of these choices do other than making things really difficult for us parents and racking our brain all the time, trying to turn commands into choices. Well, here they are. Children who have been raised with appropriate levels of control in their own life grow to be teenagers who are intrinsically motivated. That means they are motivated by things within themselves. All the millions of choices that they have been allowed to make over their lives have taught them that they have the power and ability to make their life what they want it to be. That's what intrinsic motivation is. It's the belief that I have the power and the ability to make my life what I want it to be. These children have what is referred to an internal locus of control. They believe that the outcomes of their actions are the function of their effort, skill, and personality. They're confident in their abilities to succeed, and motivation for that success comes from within. In fact, allowing children the freedom to pursue their interests without interference is paramount for intrinsic motivation. That according to Mirko Gliano, page 10. 
This connects for me to a couple of podcast episodes ago where I spoke about outdoor child-directed play. This idea that children are allowed to be outside playing without the interference of adults totally speaks to this idea of intrinsic motivation, freedom to pursue their interests without interference. So inside that fence, inside those that box of limitations, let's say, the child is able to pursue their interests of the varying um, opportunities, activities, interesting subjects within that fence. When they bump up against that fence or go outside that fence, parents steer them back into the fence. But as long as they are inside of that fence, those limitations, they have the opportunity to explore and move in the direction as they desire. A controlling parenting style, on the other hand, leads toward leads towards children who have an external locus of control. These children have been so controlled from the outside by their parents that they do not know how to make decisions without outside help. They believe that they have very little power to make life what they want it to be. They're waiting for someone to come along and do it for them or are hoping for a miracle to make their dreams come true. Those with an external locus feel as though they are not responsible for the outcome of their actions. Giving up control also allows our children to internalize their values. Parents certainly desire to see their children make decisions that are based on their value system. It's sad to see a child who makes decisions based on the desires of his peer group or cultural influences. A responsible child is one that makes decisions because he is confident in his values views them as more important than the applause of peers. So this internalized values, these internalized values are very important part of identity development. And what we value contributes greatly to our thinking. So when our thinking is deeply rooted in our values, our behavior usually lines up and that is a positive result in as an integrated identity. So finding a healthy balance in the amount of control we give to our children is difficult. But it is important. Remember, a child with too much control is no better off than one with not enough control. So I encourage parents to start small. Give your child control over as many things as possible while maintaining appropriate limits. Having clear limits for your child will help to balance the temptation to over control. As long as the, ch as the child is within those clear limits, he is free to behave and choose as he wishes. When he wanders outside the limits, make sure he experiences a consequence that reinforces the limit. In summary, a gradual release of control to your child will help him to grow into a team that believes that the outcome of his actions is a function of effort, skill, and personality. Giving up control will also foster the internalization of a child's values, which is a key component to the development of an integrated identity. Over control by parents or others will leave teens with a sense that they are not responsible for the outcome of their actions. They will be susceptible, they will also be susceptible to the influence of peers and culture in regards to decisions about values and conduct. So, there you have it. We are creating limitations, uh, a fence, as, as we might say, that sets up the clear limits in which our children have the freedom to explore and make their life what they want it to be. An in-control parent sets up the very clear limits and then reinforces those limits when the child bumps up against them or steps outside of them. 
a controlling parent has a specified outcome that they desire for their child within those limits and attempts to steer the child in a particular direction. Let's give our children choices. Let's give them the opportunity within the limits of safety and structure and love that allows them to explore their own interests, their own desires, and find who they are, their own integrated identity uh, through that exploration within those very clearly defined limits. Thank you for listening to part two of this podcast. We're going to move on to part three, which is going to talk more and clarify more all about what those limits look like and how as a parent you can set the limits that we're talking about here in part two. Thanks again for listening. Please join us next time. Thank you for listening to the Connected Family Podcast. We're dedicated to helping you build resilient kids, strong marriages, and connected families. If you'd like to continue the conversation about parents, you've lost control, part two, please join our Facebook group at facebook.com backslash groups backslash the Connected Family Podcast. This group consists of additional resources, discussion regarding episode topics, and support for building a connected family. You can also follow us on Instagram at Connections Family Counseling or our website at ConnectionsQuincy.com. We'd also love it if you'd go over to the iTunes app and leave a comment about this episode or provide a rating. When you provide a rating or a comment, it helps for other people to discover this podcast and allows them to grow and learn as parents as well.